This show is proudly sponsored by Coinspot.com.au, with the largest range of cryptocurrencies anywhere in the Australian market. With an updated verification process, you can now be verified using only your driver's license or passport within seconds. You can instantly deposit funds and instantly start buying and selling your favorite cryptocurrencies in under five minutes. Coinspot are giving away $10 worth of free Bitcoin for each verified user once they make their first deposit. Just go to coinspot.com.au forward slash BTC123. Trader, trade, trader, Cobb Crypto Podcast. Podcast. This is the Trader Cobb Crypto Podcast. G'day guys, welcome to the Trader Cobb Crypto Show. Today we've got Dr. Yasmin Altsawadri, I pause. I'll start again. You good? Can I just take again? Yeah. Hello guys, Trader Cobb here. Amazing guest on the show today, Dr. Yasmin Altawadri. I'm really, really interested to hear what she has to say. Thank you so much for being on the show. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself there, Doctor? Sure. I'm uh, an epidemiologist and a senior scientist working in the research center at King Faisal Specialist Hospital in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, which is a, uh, a research center that's affiliated with a tertiary care hospital. This is completely fascinating to me. Um, a scientist in Saudi Arabia, what's happening? How did you get here and what's your mission? I, you have no idea how many times I get asked that oh, question. I'm sure. <laughs> so uh, as an epidemiologist, what we do in epidemiology, it's, it's a quantitative science of public health. So we do research where we collect information about people who have diseases. So we have data and we gather data and we analyze the data, look at disease trends, try to understand why certain groups of people have diseases versus other groups of people. So data is our medium. And uh, I came across uh, about a year ago someone who's looking at uh, health applications on the blockchain. And the way they were describing it uh, sounded to me as a researcher like it was this massive longitudinal research project because you have all of this health information being placed um, on the blockchain and then you follow people up with time and you potentially can understand when diseases happened and why they happened. And then you can then also know how to prevent disease and start um, intervening uh, at some point during their life. So that's how I got, I saw the connection between research, public health research and the blockchain. And I mean, there's so many areas of healthcare is coming onto the blockchain and the space is morphing and transferring into something that's really, really big. For example, there's some projects that I've spoken to that are looking at you know genome sequencing on the blockchain. Mm-hmm. Um, Everything's coming back towards better healthcare for, for the most part. Is it the same sort of, I mean, I know you were talking about, you know, different um, types of people, different age groups, different uh, parts of the world having different diseases. You're trying to understand why. How, why is it important that that is on the blockchain and, and not just the way it already is? Well, right now, if I was a patient and I went to see a doctor, uh, they would put my information on their medical records, electronic medical records. Then I would go see another doctor in another clinic, or I might travel to the U.S. and yep. see someone here. There's no way to combine. Yeah. And uh, plus, as a patient, I wouldn't have ownership of that data. So this would allow me to um, 
to have complete ownership of the data, plus it would allow us to combine the results or the information into one large uh, database, database basically. Um, and right now in Saudi Arabia, there's a lot of uh, excitement because we're going through a transformation. We're trying to transform and improve everything. Yeah, it's amazing. In our life, in, in the way things are being done. And uh, we think that if we develop the infrastructure for health applications and blockchain, that uh, if we're going to do this transformation, we should go ahead and do this as well. Well, it's, it's an amazing cause. I mean, so essentially, I'm trying to think of the practicalities, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of the viewers and listeners want to know, how does it affect me? We, we talk about the tech a little bit, but we talk about the real world use case. You sort of pointed it out a little bit. I'm from Sydney. Mm -hmm. I've had a very long flight to get over here. My jet lag's cool now. We're all good. <laughs> but I mean, the, the point I'm trying to make is, what you're saying is that once this is created and you have the ecosystem that you are creating and, and bringing together at the moment, I'll effectively be able to have the records of my health from my doctor in Sydney. And if I get ill here in New York, they can tap away at their computer, whammo, there's my details, and I can be treated accordingly based on my past histories and also who I am and my genes and where I'm from. Is that correct? Absolutely. And that's a, that's a short-term benefit. Yep. But the long-term benefit to society is even, I think, multitudes uh, stronger. Yep. Because um, the more information you have about people and their health, me as a researcher or any researcher, the more people and the more data that we have, the more power we have to look at relationships and understand the nuances between the risk factors, that, how we live our life on a daily basis and, and why disease develops. So I'm not only concerned about disease and treatment, I'm personally focusing on, hope, hoping that we will be able to use this to focus on prevention. Yeah, well, that's the big thing in medicine, isn't it? I mean, the medicine industry and what you know, having to have medicine is important when you're sick, right? If you're not sick, well, then how do we be better? We talk about exercise, about eating well, but that's just sort of pretty good advice to live your life, right? In this sort of level of research, you can find uh, sequences that sort of point in the right direction. This person at this age has a high probability of X disease. Therefore, if we fill the body throughout their lifetime with XYZ, then we've got a much better chance of maybe not preventing, but prolonging until that uh, illness comes about. Is that the sort of idea for the more longer term vision? Or absolutely. short term is a doctor thing, long term prevention in a absolutely, big way? Absolutely, absolutely. And we can also uh, do interventions by, you know, trying to identify people who have certain risk factors and and uh, develop these verticals into the, the, the blockchain that can help isolate those people who have these risk factors and try to come up with solutions specifically and targeted for them. So yeah. it's almost like precision precision yeah. uh, targeted uh, therapy. So what's the benefit then? You said about you, not only the, you know, the health aspects, but the ownership of, of your identification and your records. How does that benefit me uh, as a human being to have ownership, so to speak? I mean, does it, am I going to benefit from that in a financial way or is it through a security way? Is it through so people don't take it in the wrong, like, you know, can't access the information for, for bad? H how does that better my life, having ownership of my data? Well, I mean, that's the whole philosophy that we're trying to see if we can change the way the system currently operates. Uh, I can give you an example from a pharmacologic, pharma, pharma clinical trial, for yep. example. 
Uh, I could, if my data is at, is on the blockchain, uh, and I and 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 there's a clinical trial that's suitable for someone with my type of illness. Yes. Uh, they could get permission from me to use my data, and I would allow them, and I would be compensated in some way. Okay. So this now is I become. Uh, I have full agency over that data versus this, the way it is right now where it is the medical institution or the uh, health institution that controls and has the full ownership of that data right now. So right now the health industry, whoever that, <laughs> somebody owns my medical records yep. and they're selling them onto big pharma companies They could, and they're making money off of my records and I'm not getting compensated at all. How, how does that actually, like, how did that come about? Like, why? It seems so... Strange that somebody can have something that's me and own that without me even knowing that that's being used. Well, I mean, there is there are laws that protect patients' rights, yes. obviously. But then, when your data is anonymized and it's anonymous, who those patients are, they you can you can um, get away with certain things. But uh, I don't want to alarm any people <laughs> right now, the, the, because I, I assure you that there's a lot of um, uh, protection uh, to prevent that from happening. Uh, but I think the system that we're aiming for is a much more um, just a f just way of dealing with these yeah. types of situations. And look, let's dive into the Saudi Arabia part because I am fascinated there as well. It, it does appear. I mean, look, I, I'm not. Be I've not been there. I'd love to go there. It seems like an amazing place, a very different way of uh, of operating. But it seems like it's maturing. Maybe that's the wrong word. And sorry if I offend. I'm not trying to. It's like the. It seems that like there's a resurgence towards a much more modern society where there's a lot more rights and freedoms, uh, and you seem to be championing that, championing that in a big, big way. How positive is the space towards blockchain technology and the crypto assets marketplace? Because we do know in other parts of the world they're kind of. They're scared of it. They're worried about it. They're not educated about it. Is Saudi Arabia fairly open to this? Are they looking to become a market leader? Or whereabouts do you think that they're at, they are at the moment as a country? I think, so we've got the public and the private sector. So when it comes, and the biggest players, I think, in the field are the public sector. Um, they're very keen uh, to be market leaders in this space. Uh, but I would say that they're... Uh, being very cautious and uh, they want to understand the ecosystem, look for uh, some pilot studies or case studies where there's been some successes yes. before um, incorporating it or adopting it fully. And uh, maybe in the health sector, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to become, uh, do our own pilot. Uh, yeah. And uh, see how we can uh, uh, we can probably maybe be players in promoting or leading health applications of blockchain in this space. And is it big in Saudi Arabia? Is there, is there a lot of companies that are working in the blockchain space? Is there events like Consensus in Saudi Arabia? And is there a big public um, education campaign or understanding? Are you proactive as a as a generalized the whole nation? as a whole, or is it fairly niche at the moment? It's still niche. Uh, Consensus visited, Joe Lubin visited Saudi Arabia in uh, January. Uh, there was a um, 
a JB signed with SDC, which is our big uh, telco yep. company and one of the largest in the re in the region. And uh, and so there there's going to be uh, a lot of uh, news coming out, I think. Oh wow! So it's really uh, that's fantastic. We've got Joe yeah. coming up on the show in a couple of weeks, which will be I'll actually speak to him about that because I find that I'm fascinated in different parts of the world how they're taking part. Um, because obviously it's an international world, mm -hmm. and this is the whole point of the blockchain. And, Absolutely. You know, we, we no longer want to have these borders, we want to be a seamless society, and the blockchain allows us to do that, and especially you know, medical records, one way of doing it. I think one of the things that uh, is important to um, maybe illustrate is here's a female from Saudi Arabia who's a scientist, and yet she's interested in blockchain, and she can actually... Yeah. Uh, build something uh, on the blockchain and this is just an example of the decentralized nature of the blockchain and how people div different developers around the world can all be part of this uh, emerging network, yeah. decentralized network it's it's very exciting very very exciting I mean your journey into blockchain why why the blockchain like what, what was it everyone has their moment right? I had my moment where you go you start to look at it and you go okay this is beyond Bitcoin. It's it's a, it's an interesting technology. Obviously, you've been a scientist, so you're quite privy to the technology side of things. Very different worlds that sometimes come together. What was your aha moment that you realised? You know what? This needs to be done. It's a perfect fit. Let's go get into it. I never was into the cryptocurrency aspect of yeah. the of the the pre, of the which is blockchain is yeah. is is the infrastructure for. Uh, so when I heard about the potential um, applications of blockchain in the various industries, uh, I mean, in, it started with fintech, and then uh, the health uh, sector started uh, look adopting it or trying to see applications uh, in health institutions, whether it's supply chain or drug uh, supply chain. And um, uh, that was the aha moment when I saw that this could mean major public health benefits to large numbers of people. Yeah. So uh, why not become part of the, the, the change uh, and do something that can benefit a large number of people yeah well it's fantastic and it's a lot of people are having the same sort of internal conversations uh, which is really important and the good thing about it we, we do have the capitalist side to it there's definitely is that and that's always going to exist and you kind of need to have that to bring people in they need to be you know monetized as well but the, a huge positive movement coming in as well from things from voting to, to your health care to all sorts of different areas of the world and it's, it's fascinating to work at how it actually fits in with the blockchain. I'm, I'm not a tech person. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a trader. I'm an investor. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm learning constantly. And, and as I interview people such as yourself, I, I, you know, part of the fun is I'm actually asking questions that I'm interested about. And you guys get to listen and learn about it. But, um, I mean, from your point of view, with the healthcare sector and with the project that you're working on and how you're doing it at the moment, what's sort of hindered, like what's holding you back, if anything? And where have you gotten to with this specific project that you're involved with? I think it's uh, the challenge is going to be explaining how this is uh, the return on investment is and uh, we're still trying to quantify that and uh, we need to make informed decisions and uh, uh, I know there's some aspect of it is going to be us you know just uh, experimenting 
but eventually we're going to have to have some proof of concept that we can use to uh, convince our uh, policymakers. And so you're looking for more of a, a government-backed uh, project as opposed to going to a, a crowd fundraise? Exactly. And uh, do you think there'll be support? I mean, obviously, it's very hard to say because you need to, as you just said, bring it together and make it suggest to them why it's important for them. Will it be the financial outcomes that they're looking for or will it be more about let's first look at how we can help the Saudi Arabian people um, and move from there or do you think it's a bit of both? Where do you think that the government sits in that sort of uh, in that way up between capital, capitalism and helping people? So uh, we're very lucky but because at this point of in time the government is looking for things that will make a difference in people's lives. Yep. There's even uh, several programs that are being initiated as part of the Vision 2030 uh, program. Uh, one of them is the Quality of Life program which uh, aims at improving the life, the livability of cities, ah. and uh, there's huge investment in in that program um, in the billions uh, of yeah. dollars. So, uh, the potential for uh, finding um, the potential for being able to uh, uh, sh uh, to show the policymakers the justification behind investing in such a one of these projects is hopefully not going to be that difficult if we can come up with a good project. So the money's there, the willingness is there, yes. the desire is there, and the, the sort of vehicle to fund these projects is there. It's, it's up to you to bring the pieces together yes. to make it attractive for them. Is that more or less where we're at with it? Basically, and I hope we can do we can do that. I hope you can too. How, how far away do you think you are? I mean, are we close? I'm, I'm excited by like the whole... For me personally, that understanding and use of my data is important, very important to me. As I've learned more about that, now I realize, wow, this was something I didn't even think about, that now I understand it, I want control of that. And also, the, the, the use case for an individual, which is I'm in New York now, I come from Sydney, if I do get ill, it's a big hassle trying to explain to them where I'm at. What if I can't talk? What if I'm you know, nearly dead? What if I'm out? How do we communicate? How do we make that work? So, you know, that aspect of it is really, really fascinating. So I want to know how close you think you are to having all the pieces together and what might be missing so that you can actually get to work. So I'm not, I'm just like you, Craig, I'm not a technologist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But while I was here, uh, I was talking to developers who are interested in this space. And, uh, and uh, we're, I also am with uh, some colleagues of mine uh, from Saudi Arabia and we have had several discussions and meetings. We're definitely going to start. How it pans out and how soon it can, you know, how we can have a mature product, uh, that's something that uh, I can't predict right yeah, now. Yeah, of course, fair enough. Well, look, I wish you the absolute best of luck. Thank you. Is there anything else that you wanted to say while we have you? Thank you so much, and I'm. Uh, I hope uh, we'll meet again soon uh, and be able to talk about how impressive well, you got to. Yes, our well, product is. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank for your you so time. much, Craig. And so much good luck to you. Thank you. Anything we can do, let us know. I will. Thanks Take very much, care. guys. The Trader Cobb Crypto Podcast. Check out tradercob.com because experience matters.
This show is proudly sponsored by Coinspot.com.au, with the largest range of cryptocurrencies anywhere in the Australian market. With an updated verification process, you can now be verified using only your driver's license or passport within seconds. You can instantly deposit funds and instantly start buying and selling your favorite cryptocurrencies in under five minutes. Coinspot are giving away $10 worth of free Bitcoin for each verified user once they make their first deposit. Just go to coinspot.com.au forward slash BTC123. Views are of the advertiser, not Trader Cobb or the audio presenter.